0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hollywood Already Did It, your weekly movie podcast about things that have been rebooted, remade, sequelized, adapted, or otherwise not the first in its franchise. As always, I am your host, Blake Schultz. With me is my co-host, Terrence Tatum.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: And joining us again is Greg Hahn. Hello, Greg. Hey, what's going on? Not much. How are you doing? We're on uh, week seven. Of social distancing, it's been two months now. So, yeah, about two months. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Right. So again, apologies to our listeners if there's audio hiccups. We're all social distancing. As much as things get relaxed, I'm not relaxed yet. So,
2: (laughs) far from relaxed, we're at the um, we're at the install a bidet stage of social distancing. Where I think we're just going to start pimping out our toilet because it's one of the few things that can, you know, you can really bring us some joy. I just installed a bidet literally like right before this call. That's it, fantastic. It, it nearly shot me like it, it. I turned it on the lowest setting and it fired across the room. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's it's a super bidet. I don't know if I'm ready to test it.
0: Um, <laughs> You're to my important
2: bits, but the wife <laughs> was that adamant
0: for all the weird things to come out of COVID-19 and social distancing has been the conversation around bidets. Like that's been the one thing that I did not hear anything about until this When suddenly half the people I knew were like, well, you don't have a bidet. Well, (laughs) I mean, with all the
1: toilet paper shortages, it's, uh, the way to, we don't need the toilet paper. We can just do
2: it. It's the self-cleaning mechanism we can use. Fine. Yeah. We'll just put a robot under our asshole too. (laughs) Let them see what happens. Great. I
0: was like, and there's there's a lot of things to that. And then you start asking the questions you never thought you would, of like, well, you still need to dry off with the bidet. There's still a theoretically less TP.
2: Yeah.
0: That's what my understanding is. Yes.
2: Unless you're a savage. You just gotta like
0: throw it back on and go.
2: (laughs) Yeah, keep dabbing, I guess. I don't know.
0: (laughs) I don't know the protocol. There's a lot
2: of there's a lot of definitions of dab
0: nowadays. Right. Anyway, <laughs> Anyways, we are here today to talk about another of the theater at home, new releases on demand, the whole new weird normal of releasing movies in a unique way, uh, Scoob, released by Warner Brothers this week, originally intended for a theatrical release, but obviously theaters are closed, and they want that Trolls money, man. They want it bad. <laughs> So we'll see if this one continues with the pinnacle of kids need something to do and they will just ask their parents for things and the parents will hit the button for two hours of (laughs) peace and thirty-year-old adults like me will go, I liked that cartoon and buy it for twenty-five dollars.
2: Was it that much? Uh,
0: Yeah, it was like rent for twenty or buy for twenty-five, and for whatever reason, that five-dollar difference, I just said, it, it, "It just give it to me."
2: Right. Who knows? That's an expensive rental. Is that just what they're doing right now with um with just just kind of these these movies that are getting directly released rather than, you know, originally intended for theaters, so drop it somewhere and charge
0: a full two tickets of uh, of cash? Yeah, and it's such an interesting thing, right? Because you look at like ticket prices here in California where it is $20 to see something, 25 in IMAX, unless you have AMC A-list or any of the other things, but if you do get to like middle America where it is still eight, nine, ten dollars to see a movie on average, what you're really doing is the price of a Blu-ray, and you're suddenly sort of asking this weird question of if it's at home, do I want to own it? But I do also have all these streaming options. Like Onward just showed up early. Yeah. Rise of Skywalker showed up early. Like they're, everyone's kind of trying to figure out how to keep this moving in a unique way, but. I mean, after trolls made all that money, hand over fist, I'm not surprised that Warner Brothers said me too, and just but, went for it. I mean,
1: I think I get what Greg though, because like 20 bucks for a rental is a that's a high price, and, and five dollars more, like yeah, it's only five dollars more if I own it. But I don't know. I mean, granted, if I'm a if I were a parent with multiple kids, and I'm like, I need you to shut the hell up for a while, 20 bucks probably doesn't seem like that big of a deal. But for me as a person who just like owns or rents or streams videos. 20 bucks is a lot to put on something that I don't know
2: what I'm getting out of. Uh. Yeah, I do I do kind of see like the, you know, tw- you know, 10, 15 bucks for the one viewing right. maybe and then 25 for cuz to own it. That like that there's that disparity makes sense. $20, I mean they were basically saying buy this. You're buying right. this now. Pretty much. That was that was what they were they were they put the fishing line out there and you're like, "Oh, what the hell's the difference? Here's another 5 bucks." And they're like, "We got him." Right.
0: Right. <laughs> Yeah, it's it. Yeah, well, it's funny because all of a sudden my voodoo is getting full of things that I would never have bought before. Like exactly. I, I now own the Mortal Kombat animated movie and Justice League Apocalypse. Oh, how how is, how is the,
2: my my buddy uh, Jeremy wrote the Mortal Kombat movie? How is it? I haven't seen it's it. It's oh, It's a delight. It's yeah. fantastic.
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, we should have had you guys on for that episode. It was. Uh, we loved it. That's awesome. Yeah, I've I definitely am more.
2: gonna check that out.
0: Oh yeah, that's definitely one of those ones that wrapped up and I immediately thought I want so much more of this. I just want I want Warner Brothers animation to now do what they're doing with Injustice and Mortal Kombat in the video games where it's like every we just alternate which one we're getting. I get a hardcore Justice League movie and then I get an R-rated animated Mortal Kombat and then we bounce back to Justice League and then Mortal Kombat.
2: I mean, Mortal Kombat should always be R-rated. I think that's just that's the that's the ticket every time around. It's like, yeah, those those movies were fun in the '90s, but they weren't good, and it wasn't what we wanted. It was like a taste of what we wanted.
0: Yeah, this, I, this, I
2: mean, I've seen this. I've seen some cutscenes like this is, this is violence. This this is what that that bloodthirsty stuff that you that oh, you yeah. wanted.
0: And it's really built into the DNA of that franchise. That was the first, well, I think it was the first big video game controversy of look at this hyper-violent game the kids can play and the fatalities and the brutalities and all these other alities that they had were really, if you reduce that down, you're kind of missing the point. It's like a PG Punisher. I think there's a fundamental misunderstanding of that appeal.
2: Yeah, uh, for sure.
0: But Scoob does not need to be R rated. So, what did you guys think? We'll kick it to Greg first for some general thoughts and feelings.
2: General thoughts. I think, generally speaking, this movie. What my favorite stuff about this movie is that it pays homage to like the Hanna Barbera library, and it like it it really like it, there's stuff there for for fans of the franchise, and then there's stuff there for kids. Like it's got both sides of it. Uh, so I just think I think in general it it kind of does everything it was intending to do. Did I love the story entirely? No, I thought it was kind of generic, honestly. But but like the characters, they really like had a lot of fun with them. The Blue Falcon and Dino, we're going to get into it, I'm sure. But the, you know, there's there's going to be spoilers here, right, guys? Because oh yeah. yes, yeah, yeah okay. Because I th- I don't know what's exactly featured in the trailer.
0: Dick Jasterly,
2: no, no. is he is he a secret? He
0: was shown – it's actually funny you bring that up because my first sort of thought around this movie was that it looked bad. Um, And then I saw the – like a Twitter ad that had Dick Dastardly in it, and I immediately went, oh, is this actually supposed to be a launch point for all of the Hanna-Barbera characters? Because if that's what we're doing, I'm in. Cool, yeah. Yeah. If you're that, just giving me this weird origin story that's not really a mystery or horror, I don't want to do that. But if this is more of a, like, Iron Man setup for a bigger world, let's do that.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm kind of in the same boat. I did love the fact that it was it was the Hanna-Barbera's greatest hits. Like, we get Captain Caveman. Like, you see a bunch of stuff. It's like, I was not expecting to see all of that in this one film. Um, As a person who loved it, old-school uh, Scooby-Doo's, like, pup name, scooby Like, the first, the b- before-credit part of this movie, I absolutely adored, with Shaggy kind of by himself, that part, and then seeing them their first time meeting and going through their experience, like, oh, this is Scooby-Doo. Immediately after the credits stopped, it sort of stopped being that for me, and I still enjoyed the ride, but it wasn't the Scooby-Doo that I... It became an adventure, more so than a mystery thing, and yeah. I was like, all right, fine, I'll accept that, because I'm still here with these characters, but you kind of and switched me from what I thought I was getting from a Scooby-Doo type of experience to like, all right, cool, this is fine. I'm still in it. Some things I like, some things I love, some things I don't like, but overall, I had a I had a good time.
2: Yeah, but, yeah. Based uh, spinning off of that, Terrence, uh, the uh, yeah, it 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 kind of felt like there was a lot of there was a lot of stuff for everybody, but also they at first the trailers kind of misled you a little bit. I think they misled me. What I saw was I thought it was going to be more about them being kids in the origin story of Scooby-Doo. And that was there in the very beginning, but then it was like, no, this is actually just uh this is a movie about the whole gang, which which I don't think was a problem with the movie. I think they just kind of advertised it a little weirdly. Correct.
0: Yeah, because the advertising really, really leaned on, I guess, the unfunny jokes, which is fine, but, like, the first big trailer joke was the, Daphne and the mustache oil and oh is it my dad who's the villain and it kind of just had this like ugh, feeling about it of modernizing these characters in a way that I I really didn't want to do like I didn't really need a Prius mystery machine and seeing all this and I was kind of (laughs) nervous because the movie more than any other movie I've watched in my life made me feel my age. Because when we introduced on Shaggy and he was listening to an iPod, I went, oh, so what? Are we going to have to cut to like 20, 35? Is this going to be in the futures so they can be adults and teenagers? And my roommate had to go, no, in 2000, you could now be a 20-year-old. And I just felt... Yeah. My hair, my yeah. heart sink. Like I was like, an iPod for a child, the movie, ridiculous. We
1: open with California Love, and I was like, oh my god, I'm that old now. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. No,
0: we are now old enough where California Love is to the kids what like, I I don't know, Big Yellow Taxi and and 80s music was for yeah. us, or like Austin yeah. Powers music, where you're like, I know this
2: playing like zombie or cherry pop and daddies or something you're like yeah. oh this is beyond old now <laughs> um yeah but uh, you, you know you mentioned a pup named scooby-doo I love and i that. thought that was really that was i mean i i remember i love that show as a kid yeah. too there's something about the scooby universe where you know they're they didn't they're not exactly retconning anything because i don't think there's a concrete uh you know there, there's no main uh, canon of scooby-doo Right. There's just a number of versions of it. So I, you know, I, I know that there's, there's a tendency for a lot of people to watch this stuff and be like, that's not how it worked. Cause I watched a pup named Scooby-Doo, but I think we can all agree that like, it's, it's fine. they reboot this stuff all the time. That's the purpose yeah. of the show. Well,
0: yeah. cause yeah, it's a very simple cartoon really when you get down. And I love Scooby-Doo, so I'm not disparaging that, but it is, here's the teenagers. They all have a trope to them. They go and they solve the mystery We then kind of reinvented it in the 80s. And then we did a pup named Scooby-Doo, I think in the 90s. And then we just sort of ran with that giant library forever. So even I kind of had to do that because it's so easy now in any movie with that kind of legacy to get wrapped up in canon and fandom and nonsense. And every now and then I was like, well, is that really like... I don't think he just found him on a beach. Wasn't he like at a farm with all of his other likes? And then I just, part of my brain was like, no, no, don't do any of that. This isn't, you're not on Twitter debating Star Wars canon. It's just <laughs> Scooby-Doo. Let him find him on the beach in Venice. None of it matters. It's a movie for children. Yeah. Anonosity is okay. But I I did love though, speaking of the things for the fans, that it is, all of these Hanna Barbera greatest hits. I mean, when you even get into like the history of the Blue Falcon, that was the back half hour of the original like Scooby Doo and Dino Mud Hour, where they would kind of cross over and interweave. So bringing that character back into light was fun, especially when it's one that I don't know super well and did kind of have to look up, but go, oh, well, he's been here. And they did give you the mystery in the beginning. And so I thought it was kind of clever and I get it now when superheroes are everything to then go now it needs to be a big superhero adventure movie. So Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, it felt it just felt like it didn't feel like Scooby-Doo. It used the characters, it used the familiar faces, but it didn't feel like watching the ultimate Scooby-Doo experience, which is kind of what you expect out of a movie. Uh, oh, the Scooby-Doo the movie should be like what's the the biggest caper yet and it wasn't that it was it was a superhero adventure and about friendship guess what guess what Hollywood made uh, they made another one of those it yeah. was fine but it had all of the delightful like appearances like we said Blue Falcon and Dynamite Dick Dastardly and Muttley are in it spoiler alert Dick Dastardly shows up like early in the film and then Muttley like and you're just like when is Muttley gonna show up and like okay good they're doing it there yeah. was a there was a period where I was like, Why why does he have these stupid robots with him? Where's Mutley? This is dumb. And then he, he he's crying over Muttley. Like, okay, all right, every, breathe a sigh of relief. It's gonna happen. Like, yeah. There was literally a moment where I was like, They're not gonna use Mutley. They're not gonna do it. They're gonna they're doing this just to hurt me.
0: I thought that they were going to kind of (laughs) rip off the first live action Scooby-Doo and we were going to get this like Muttley's in the robot or he's the villain in the mask and it's going to be a like, you left me in the big portal and now I'm this ghost engineering everything. But that's just not the genre this movie was. No, not at all. But it even then hit on like really kind of weird parts of Scooby-Doo history. Like having Simon Cowell show up to me was kind of the... Perfect bridge point of when it used to be team ups with the Harlem Globetrotters or Batman or, or these Batman, other yeah. weird celebrities.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Dracula, I'm like all right, sure. Don oh, Knotts.
0: Okay. <laughs> they did animate Simon Cowell like realistically, and the rest of them like cartoons, like animated
1: versions. Yeah, it, it was, was a little, a little yeah. uncomfortable.
2: Yeah, but it was, it was, it was, yeah, it wasn't exactly an homage to those old guest spots that they would always do and uh but you know it could have been i mean simon cowell's fine but you know it would have been it would have been could have been somebody funnier i think that that aside i don't know that we needed will forte to play shaggy and like they kind of did the thing and i know they do this every time where they had to hire a bunch of celebrities to voice a bunch of the gang right who is zach efron is fred yeah. right it doesn't add anything to the experience and will forte is shaggy like just use matthew lillard we know we know the voice we want to hear come out of that character and you still have them and these people are getting paid extra because they're like is it going to actually is anybody going to buy a ticket to this movie scooby-doo the movie because some other celebrity's name is Especially also on it you already know what you're getting into
1: especially the age range that they're going for. Like Mark Wahlberg means something to us, but if you're doing a kid's film, Mark Wahlberg means absolutely nothing to the the, the kids that you're trying. So you can get anybody to play the Blue Falcon. you don't have to spend your top dollar to be like, and don't get me wrong, I love everything Mark Wahlberg is doing in this film,
2: but it's unnecessary to put a star on on that part. Use voice actors. Use the talented voice actors that exist because it could have been anybody. Like if you didn't know that was Mark Wahlberg, you wouldn't have been like,
0: I didn't. It have made a difference. It up. Yeah. Oh, really? It took me a while to realize it was him, and really, kind of all the voices, because that's the, you know, it, it's funny that you mentioned the old cast, because I feel like part of the reason this is animated is because people our age were going, well, if you're not just gonna do Scooby Doo three with everybody else, why are we doing it at all? And so they almost had to go, okay, well, we're not doing that, so we have to now engineer this whole new platform for this whole new audience. That hopefully exists, and unfortunately, I mean, but- we watched it, and there
2: will be people going to go watch it. But is it going to blow up the way that so Trolls Two was released the same way? Is that where you were kind of inferring, Blake?
0: Yeah. So Trolls yeah. Two was like probably the first because The Hunt and Bloodshot had theatrical releases and <clears throat> it came out early. Uh, Trolls was the first movie to just completely circumvent the theater release go i believe you could rent or buy it though somebody today told me that you can only rent it and that's why it made money that parents just kept renting it for their kids but i think that's wrong um which then led them to go trolls world tour made 300 million in its first like three weeks which is more than trolls one made domestically in its entire run Leading Universal to go. This is how we're gonna do it now. Video on demand, day and date with the movie theater, causing AMC to go. Well, then we're not gonna play your movies. And they started, you know, running businesses the way like rappers do rap fights, like rap battles, rap fights. Makes me sound too white.
2: Uh, but, <laughs> rap fights.
0: Those rap fights. But then I, I feel like Scooby Doo is kind of the analogous version <clears throat> of that, where they went well, we have a family movie that's animated that also has a big IP connected to it. We should also be able to make money hand over fist, which is now gonna be that interesting question of, well, was Trolls 2 like a flash in the pan? Or is Scooby-Doo also gonna blow up and we are just gonna learn, oh, you can just release at least family movies, video on demand and people will buy it at a premium price and we'll call it a day.
2: Interesting. So they'll just be like, it, it'll be the most elevated thing that they can make right now too. The animation is like still kind of going strong. And so they're like, all right, well, the highest budget animation will charge the most amount of money for. And maybe, maybe that makes sense.
0: Yeah. I mean, depending on how long this goes on, right. I think you kind of nailed it that where like production is at a standstill animation can kind of happen everywhere. If voice yeah. actors have booths set up or even, Social distancing in voiceover booths is much easier than doing it on a live action set. Animators can animate from anywhere, and then you can make a movie with that large of a team at that high of a production value much more easily than you can say, go make Black Widow under our new kind of protocols. Right. So it'll be interesting, especially I think Warner Brothers animation between Mortal Kombat, Justice League, and even this have just been knocking them out of the park. A part of me thinks that they now have this opportunity to seize a market that really didn't exist until now. Or at least if it existed, it was much smaller. And now why not start pushing that really hard? And not the way The Blacklist did it, where half their finale was animated. That was very, very strange.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I I, I saw some pictures of that. Did
0: that not turn out well? It, it it's, it's really low quality. Okay,
1: the animation's like a, almost like a, sh- a a cell shading type of stuff. It's not. It like, looks like a Telltale video
0: game.
1: Yeah, like a Telltale video game. But all things considered, I get like, look, that show wasn't going to be able to come back. Like this was their series finale, so they're like, look, we have to end this and put our story out. So look, we just got to do whatever we can to get this across because these actors are not coming back when everything is said and done. So I get why they did it. It's a cool little thing. But yeah, I don't think that's a measure that most people can, an avenue most people can afford to take.
0: Well, Uh, because it's not scene by scene, right? So there will be scenes where like if Terrence and I were in it where I would be fully animated and Terrence's live action and it just gives this like B-list who framed Roger Rabbit vibe to the whole show.
2: Yeah. Did they did they try to give it some story reason? Did they try to write, like, a little extra in there somehow that it would, like, make sense the world was turning into cartoons? No. <laughs> Not to my knowledge. No. Oh, man. <laughs> they just went, people will accept it. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. We couldn't really finish it, so here it is anyway. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's going to be a, a great little piece of entertainment history now, though. Of just And then this happened, and this giant show had to do their finale half cartoon. Yeah. But so I do weird. back to Scoob though. I think one of the other things that kind of to me really worked in it was the comedy. I just kept laughing in this movie at just simple things of like shaggy picking lonely songs in the beginning to even mm-hmm. the the fake hot blonde that Fred falls for and just keeps being like for a mask though pretty attractive right guys yeah. Like, yeah this is i was like this is really like not inappropriate humor oh. that often can slip into animation oh, it was but
1: close because the whole i had so many mixed feelings in regards to the cop there's a, the, a couple of yeah, it's a couple they, of times. they use the word
2: f-bomb which i would I, i'm i'm an animation i write cartoons we are not we are not allowed to do that so they got away yeah. they got away with something they got away with
1: something for sure. I'm wondering if it's because it was a theatrical release that they are like, maybe we could play with this a little bit more than we would if we were under standard TV animation rules. For sure.
0: Well, I think there's just a history of adult audiences liking scooby-doo and i'm sure they were sort of like we can put this in here and well yeah i mean the,
1: the whole running theme of scooby <laughs> these guys are a bunch of stoners and they're stoner mobiles so i mean that's always been the rolling theme that's gone with scooby-doo so yes that audience is a slightly older than what they typically uh typically play as on in the actual and show. And
0: even some of those meta jokes of, oh, well, you know, I just imagine this is what some middle-aged guy thinks teenagers sound oh, like was When the Bowling great, girl said just... that
1: I died laughing because that was fantastic.
0: <laughs> and I think that's what kind of kept me from falling out of the, oh, well, we're not on a mystery and we're not in a haunted house and we're not doing the horror stuff. We are doing this Big, But to Greg's point, this big bombastic superhero movie about the power of friendship and to stick with your people, which we've seen since the dawn of time, like the the humor and kind of even the character stuff kept me going. I, I also really appreciated this new blue falcon whose dad is retired. And I just kind of went, well, this is exactly what the comic books are trying to do now is do these big updates and oh well the, the chain mail's inaccurate and your your F's a little bit smaller and you're really not the Blue Falcon are you? Like I thought they could have had a bigger opportunity with the uh, the female pilot on their team of having her actually end up being the embodiment of Blue Falcon <laughs> taking the mantle from the, the guy who just keeps running away. Well
2: that was that was something that I had a problem with. She was there But she didn't really serve any function in the story other than to just be an extra character, and it did. I didn't. I didn't know why. I mean, like so. But here's something else I thought was really cool. Despite going like, where did she come from? She did. Dee Dee Sykes is the character. She actually is another character they plucked out of an old Hanna Barbera cartoon. She was from the Captain Caveman, uh, cartoon show Captain Caveman and the uh, Teen Angels. So she was like a teenager and has precedence in the universe, and I love that aspect of it, but it just felt like they didn't actually have a function for her to be there. It was funny, I completely, until the very
1: end, I completely forgot that she was on the board until she speaks back up when, when Dynamite comes back up and they have their little tit for tat at the very end when they bring up the the the, the, <laughs> the the Prius. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot she is here. And part of me feels like that she's a character that they put in because ethnic wise, they didn't have anybody that looked like that character so they're like well let's put a black person in here just to cover that that's and, it. That's a, and i'm okay with that for those yeah. purposes but if you're going to do it you got to give her a little bit more meat on the bones
2: yeah absolutely and she needed like some because because again she has her backstory in being connected to captain caveman so when you do bring captain caveman into the fold maybe there's something that she p- particularly thwarts him at that moment like right. there was a specific function then it would have felt more right. earned and it, it kind of wasn't
0: Well, and you kept having this like theme of Blue Falcon wanting this hero moment and this chance to be a hero. But she just kept doing it without really needing to prove it. There just always was an urgency to her to go into battle and to go do this and to lead the charge. So I just kept waiting for it to be because even when I was trying to get ahead of the movie, I was also like, oh, man, if this was a mystery, my bet would be she's actually trying to stop blue Falcon because he's just a goofball and she deserves the mantle, or we're going to do this passing of the torch thing. And we're going to kind of land on bigger themes that are prevalent to people now about diversity. And even speaking to how franchises are changing and growing, we're constantly trying now to have all these pass the torch stories and in doing so, you know, punch up the voices of marginalized groups. And I was like, oh, well, here's a great opportunity to do that with a younger audience who will connect to that and then and, and move up. But instead it was just sort of like, no, 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 they're gonna be DJs.
1: I have a question, because I, I couldn't tell if they were trying to or if they were leaning into it. In this, because of who's voicing her, is Velma Hispanic or of Spanish
2: descent now? She she definitely was in this because she used a couple Spanish words like, Correct. a few times. Right. So they wanted to add lots of flavors. And I get yeah. it, and I don't have a problem with that inherently. It's just DD didn't really serve a function other than no. that. that yeah. was That was kind of upsetting.
0: They kind yeah. of put yeah. a lot of the mystery team on the backseat. Like, I like oh, having yeah. this this uh, almost like, you know... Buddy cop road trip movie embedded into this big superhero movie, but we sort of just ran out of things for Fred and Velma and Daphne to do on the road. They kind of just quickly caught up, and then Fred was brainwashed. And I was kind of bummed out that we just sort of stuck them in the cage and had them get kidnapped. And they really, and to their point though, that really did let them build a Shaggy and Scooby movie, which I liked. I did like having this kind of these insecurities and Shaggy that you get to see in this sense of loneliness that never really goes away in him and sort of these things that are instilled in them. But it kind of made me want more from everybody else because they did do such a good job there that I would have liked to have seen these other characters also grow and expand in the same way, especially when the kind of inciting incident is... Mystery Inc is now looking for investors, and we're getting bigger. That really should be a call to arms for everybody to kind of get bigger and start really, I guess, adulting in a certain way. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: And then at the end, they own a store instead. The I mean, it's fine. It's it, there's a lot of, but again, I think the the real strengths of this movie are in the homage as it plays to the homages it pays to all of the old Hanna-Barbera library and stuff. There's a couple of even like smaller little things where they like, you hear like, I think something's referred to as the slag hoople at one point. Yeah. The slag hoople, which is like Wilma Flintstone's maiden name. And then there's like, I think they say Messick Mountain named after voice actor Don Messick. Yeah. And I think if there are a couple like characters, the Takamoto bowling alley, that was like, Takamoto's like the person who originally designed Scooby-Doo. So there's all these just like small things and characters and bright colors and, and and sound effects that make you go, okay, I'm watching a Hanna-Barbera thing.
0: Yeah. Well, and I also appreciated that we didn't get this um, like Fallout Boy Ghostbusters theme song and that when we did get the theme, it played like the show and we got yeah. this animated intro and we got to see these classic villains that were in there and it just played it the same way which also kind of helped give this history. So I think when we got to this superhero movie, a part of me was like, well, we did all these mysteries in right. their history, so Probably. why not? Yeah, but that, even that, in doing so, and with having these other Hanna-Barbera things, I thought they did do a really good job of building a world, of really making you feel like we could now do the Flintstones, Jetsons, Johnny Quest, Jim Jam, Hong Kong food. We could now just kind of do everybody yeah. And give them a new life in this world.
2: And then they could do Wacky Races. All I and, want is Wacky and it'll, races. and it'll be, but like, it's a mad, 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 mad world. And then you could do the yogi, Yogi's, uh, what was it, the the Blimp? The, there's like this other one with all the all the core characters. Are they all racing each other too? I want to say Dick Dastardly is the oh, bad yeah. guy there also. I'll just do all of it. I want all of it.
0: Yeah, right. And I mean I'm not going I just we could do Space Ghost Coast to Coast and you and we could do Harvey Birdman Attorney at Law. I don't think that those are two <laughs> things that are completely out of the realm of possibility. Please. please. But that's it was so funny because like right when the credits hit, me and my roommate were like, Man, they did a really good job of introducing a few of these characters, but they didn't overstuff it. And then the credits was just all of Blue Falcon's new <laughs> recruits are these old characters, and now the Mystery Inc. is talking to Johnny Quest and Here's <laughs> where we're doing all of this stuff. And I was like, ah, well, don't, don't get eight. St- these are all movies I want to see though. Don't <laughs> just show them to me in credits, especially Johnny Quest.
2: It's amazing. They haven't done a Johnny Quest movie yet. It is amazing. How it's- has it taken so long?
0: I mean, if there's one weird thing that Warner brothers does is they sit on a lot of these properties. We've got in like seven Batman movies and it took them how long to make wonder woman and Aquaman and, no. We might never get a Flash movie, and it's the sure same thing. things.
2: Sure things.
0: Like it, it's. I feel like the Flintstones is ready for a, a similar reboot. I don't know if the rights are with Seth MacFarlane if he's still making this adult version of it, or we haven't seen the Jetsons in forever. But I know Kanye West has also just been like, "I'm gonna make the Jetsons movie for God knows how long." So. I don't know if maybe they accidentally pulled a Marvel in the thousands and sold all these rights to various insane celebrities and (laughs) now are regretting it, but the time is right. Cause they really, even in the DC comics, they showed you that these characters can really bend and you got this adult Flintstones comic and this great snaggle puss and as a gay Uh author and playwright in the 1800s (laughs) and all these versions of this that you just kind of sit here and go, well if Warner Brothers needs money and now we're stuck at home and I know animation isn't something that you can snap your fingers and do but a part of me is like it's time to just announce a big Hanna-Barbera slate and just get me ready for this VOD I know you're going to we're going to do it
1: because I even think when theaters are back, I feel like the animation stuff or VODs, they should still keep that going. Like, I feel like clearly they found a market. Like, look, not all, not everything that you draw and animate should be made for theatrical releases, Warner Brothers. Snagglepuss might do better if you just do a VOD movie at home as opposed to trying to release that theatrically in a, in a mainstream theater.
0: Yeah, no, these are all just surefire. Why don't no, we Snagglepuss,
2: have- Snagglepuss is a $400 million movie. Huckleberry Hound, they put that out, the kids will go crazy. I wanna zoom
0: in and I wanna see the hair follicles the same way I can on Woody's (laughs) costume in Pixar. And if we don't have that level of detail on Rosie the Robot, I will burn down Burbank. (laughs) 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 I know it's there. I've never drawn a picture in my life, but I'm quite confident that they can just do it with computers the fundamental misunderstanding of this industry <laughs> but why would that stop me but i think that was honestly the thing i was most excited about after but i was sort of surprised because i don't know by all rhyme and reason i felt like this movie should have been a disaster and it wasn't <laughs> like, well that's
2: the thing i think it, i think they did the <clears throat> they made the movie the standard hollywood thing like Some they made the movie the executives wanted, but they also just punched it full of stuff that we were gonna like no matter what. So it all balanced out in the end, and then we're like more or less happy. It could have been way worse. But they gave us a bunch of things as fans that we could have kind of geek out over.
0: Yeah. Well, and they even had that Guardians of the Galaxy kind of vibe where it was a very simple script, but even like the soundtrack kept me going, like That's another movie that's sort of just about friendship, but every other track is just a banger. And this whole movie, I was like, man, I love this. There was a moment when I was like, I kept
1: writing down on my notes. I was like, if this was theatrically or released, the amount of money that is spent on some of the tracks that they have in the song have to be nuts. Now, I I know some of these might be under Warner Brothers like music label already, but I'm pretty sure Bombs Over Baghdad from Outcast is not. And I was like, that's gotta be expensive. <laughs> that'll be a pricey number to put in the middle of your your action sequence. It's nuts.
0: Oh, yeah. Just opening on California Love, I was like, "Man, yeah. somebody that hologram of Tupac just made a lot of money." <laughs> sure did. <laughs> just rolling in it. But I don't know. I thought it was pretty good. I mean, for a fun animated movie, it'll be interesting to see if it pulls it off. And then I think if this works to really see if the VOD thing goes, I think we need a Big tentpole release to just say "eff it," here you go, and see if that also makes mad money. because Yeah, I
1: think I think that's the issue. People are saying VOD is working, but you're using animated family films as your benchmark. That's a little harder to to to, to gauge on because yes, parents are a lot more susceptible. to Be like, yes, here, please shut my kid up. I will spend whatever for them to be comfortable for the next two hours. Mm-hmm. Versus a product that was like, I don't know if a theatrical release that adults, like if. It's got another. It's got another release date. But let's say all of a sudden New Mutants is going to be a VOD. I don't know how well that would do in a in a in a video on demand format.
0: But I think that's a perfect example of a movie that is kind of low risk enough to just put out. It's True,
2: it's true. They they invested too much in it. It seems they they want their money back. <laughs> yeah, that movie's so bad they want their damn money back. <laughs> <laughs> you I mean, are going to the theater, Dan. Yeah, I don't care what. It, yeah.
0: What? Happened. I mean, talk about a movie that has just had that's had more dates than the average person on Bumble does. It's getting ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. It just and we just keep playing that game of, of chasing it around. It's they should just make a documentary about it after of all the of all the behind the scenes things. It could Macy be the next Williams part be, of darkness. daisy
1: Williams will be 30 by the time that, that movie actually gets released in theaters.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, Greg, was there anything else in the movie that you felt didn't really come together the way you wanted to, either in the animation or the characters or in any other lore?
2: No, I don't think so. I, I really think that, on the whole, it, like, delivered all the fun stuff. It's just, like, it wasn't Scooby-Doo. It wa- I wanted the mystery. You You kept saying, like you know, at one point you thought Muttley and at one point you thought it was Dee Dee and like, guess what? It was nobody because that's not what they were making. They weren't making a Scooby-Doo thing. They made a thing starring Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think that's what I'm now hoping is if we get a second one, that it is the back to basics. We're in somewhere spooky. We're somewhere haunted. There's just a, a man in a rubber mask, but I get it, right? I mean, we even did, like, Zombie Island back in the day, and that was the first, like, oh, and now they're real monsters, and it's a dip, but that was at least still monsters, right? It was... This kind of got away from any horror element, the same way, like, I don't know, the Dark Universe stopped trying to make scary (laughs) things and was like, what if everything was action? And you're like, well, that's not... You gotta kind of stay in the lane here a little bit, but... I mean, if we can make other Hanna-Barbera properties, is there like a big property that you'd want to see for both of you from Hanna-Barbera if they did this, if they keep going?
2: In a feature form?
0: In a feature form.
2: Hmm. You know, it's so funny uh, because the Hanna-Barbera properties, the characters, like, they they all were kind of one note when we were kids. A lot of them were just kind of Bugs Bunny, but he was... I know, Huckleberry Hound's this sl- kind of a sleepy Southern drawl, Bugs Bunny, or you know, you t- you look at Top Cat and he's just kind of like a wisecracking cat guy, and they they all have like one Snagglepuss is theatrical, and otherwise he's Bugs Bunny, and a lot of them kind of have that samey feel, and then the same thing with Scooby Doo, right? They replicated that seven or eight or ten times, and they made Jabberjaw, and they made uh, Speed Buggy and they made, you know, the the Funky Phantom, and they're all that kind of thing. So it's hard to say that Hanna-Barbera's oldest properties have the legs to be, like, a feature film, but I think all of that stuff that's in the 90s era, the Cartoon Network era, the Dexter's Lab, and the Powerpuff Girls, I think that stuff has a lot more legs to be the kind of Feature blockbuster movie.
0: Are those Hanna Barbera too? I always just kind of put those under like a different Cartoon Network label.
2: I I was under the impression they were produced by Hanna Barbera.
0: Okay. Let me let
2: me confirm that just in case I'm totally wrong. But because
0: then I'm, you've you've cracked open the whole door, and I'm like, well, then I just want Powerpuff Girls and Dexter's Lab. We don't even need to go back into the 70s now. Yeah. Uh, Hanna- production
2: company, Hanna Barbera Cartoons and Cartoon Network Studios.
0: All right. So well, that's then that's good. what I want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want
2: dial in for monkey. You're gonna do the superheroes. Go to your best superheroes. Go to uh, the Justice Friends. Oh, we want that major.
0: He's so great. <laughs> that would be fun. That would be fun. Or even just do that. Those characters, because that was always the like 10 minute short at the end, if I remember right, or like however, it was not. It wasn't a full 30 minutes. I don't know why that wouldn't be a like Pixar intro short before the Dexter's Lab, and you could have this fun 20 minute crazy romp and then do that but and they'll sell
2: hostess fruit pies
0: that's great <laughs> it's all i now you've said I'm like, oh, well that's that's it right i mean otherwise it's johnny quest i think that's the other or one johnny like, yeah, yeah johnny
1: quest is who i would go for uh blake i just i don't know if you've seen it but apparently this scoob charted higher and faster than the trolls war 2 tour release so it is number one and higher the full numbers aren't out but it's doing better than Trolls World Tour was at the time of
0: its Well, that release. at least makes me happy because I would rather Scooby-Doo beat Trolls <laughs> and live in a world where I'm going to have to go, man, 2020 was weird. The two highest grossing movies were Trolls World Tour and Call of the Wild. <laughs> oh, man, Scooby. do want to do it. We <laughs> yeah. did it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, there we go. We did that. So then the doors open to me. Now yeah. we can get Hong Kong Fooey and Space Ghost and Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law. That's that the is. HBO Max show. It's Harvey Birdman. Yes,
2: Kevin Smith gets to do that one.
0: Oh my God, Seth
2: Rogen, you know that'll that'll be what happens.
0: I would love a late night HBO Max that was either him or Space Ghost. I would subscribe just for that. For just that. Absolutely. Oh. All right, guys. Well, I think that's going to do our show for today. As always, you can leave us a review on iTunes and Spotify and Google Play and all those fun places. You can follow the show at facebook.com slash group slash Hollywood Already or on Twitter at HollywoodADI. I'm at, as always, Blake and Terrence is at Terrence Tatum. And Greg, where can people find you and what stuff are you working on these days? Sure. Um, well,
2: I'm working on this project, or I just released this project recently called Animation Under Lockdown. Uh, my writing partner, Alan Denton, and I read through one of our old scripts uh, with a number of talented voice actors that we worked with on a number of shows. I work with Cindy Robinson Mike Pollock. I'm gonna sort of plug them all. and and, and the other people shoot. I'm doing a terrible job. Cut that. Cut that part. Okay, here we go. Uh, yeah, so my, my my writing partner, Alan Denton, and I, uh, teamed up with, with a bunch of uh, voice actors and we read through an old pilot script of ours. We did it on Zoom. We threw it online and uh, it's a thing we did. So check that out. It's on YouTube. Search for that. Uh, and then I, I also work on the D Plus Cast. It's kind of a Disney Plus focused podcast. We talk about what's happening in the world of streaming and entertainment. And then follow me on Twitter at It's Greg Hahn. That's it. I've got more, but you know what? You've heard enough. <laughs>
0: It's all about the food fighters toys, man. That's what I that's what the people really all right. want.
2: So, so go to go to Instagram.com. It's Greg's Toys. It's Food Fighters, Muscle, Battle oh, Beasts.
0: We're gonna make that what we talked about on how do you figure. I want this Food Fighters pitch that we did. It's happening. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining us digitally, yep. and uh, we will see everybody next time.
1: Later. Bye.